Welcome back. You're listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And with that, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. Hello, Nate. It's great to be here. Doing very well. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I'm very excited for the episode that we are about to do and the discussion we're going to have as we brought on a special guest for this episode. We brought brought on Digital Foundry's own John Linneman. How are you doing today, John? I am doing wonderful, gentlemen. I'm happy to be back. I always enjoy chatting with you about the latest gossips in the gaming space. And this one's special, I think. Yes, I think this one is going to be of interest to a lot of people as we're going to explore numerous possibilities of what the long-rumored, fabled Switch 2 will be capable of in some of the more specialized feature sets that it will bring to the market. And it's also an interesting topic because right now, as software begins to pivot to next-generation-only releases, we're beginning to see this specific feature used more and more, and it's being utilized more efficiently and more impressively. And of course, I'm referring to ray tracing. As you can look to a couple of recent releases, like Spider-Man 2, or Alan Wake 2, to really get a better feel of what ray tracing can bring to a game and how it can heighten the immersion one will have with a project. As when you looked at some of the earlier titles from the PlayStation 5 or even the Xbox Series launch timing, ray tracing wasn't all that impressive to the majority of individuals. But I'd say these recent two examples have really heightened the game and made people maybe understand what ray tracing can bring to a gaming experience slightly more so naturally people are anticipating and eager to learn what the switch 2 and nvidia could bring to that nintendo sector of the market because right now there's definitely a lot of variables at play and unknowns as this would be a hybrid type device and you know dlss ray tracing and such are fairly heavy in terms of power consumption so people are wondering how efficient would these features be on that style of device? And I want to start today's discussion with the ray tracing possibilities that we could see on the Switch 2. And I know Rich over at Digital Foundry just recently published a video exploring some of the possibilities in terms of ray tracing as well as performance that the Switch 2 could do by downclocking, I believe it was a 3050 and getting, or was it a 2050? It was a 2050. 2050, to get a rough estimation of what a Switch 2 could potentially produce. But in his own words, this isn't a one-to-one match. This is really just a baseline hypothetical experiment to see, let's see what could be done. But for ray tracing possibilities on a Switch 2, there have been reports out there that the Matrix demo was shown at Gamescom, and that the ray tracing shown there was very impressive. Do you think this is an indicative thing for the future, or is it something that we still have to approach with caution, in your opinion, John? Well, I'd like to start this by discussing why I think that this is, in fact, indicative of where we're going without any confirmation of what's actually going to happen. I think the important thing to consider here is that Whether you like it or not, ray tracing is here to stay. And even in its more simplified software form, as we've seen in Unreal Engine 5, the fact is, is as more titles are built using these features, uh, it's going to become sort of a standard requirement, I think, 
for game consoles going forward, right? Because fundamentally, especially implementing features such as ray trace global illumination, uh, using things like Lumen in the games, that actually has a direct impact on the development of the software itself, right? It affects how the artists work within the game's tools, how they light their scenes. Uh, the the risk Nintendo runs by not supporting these features is that it would make it very difficult for third parties to actually produce these multi-platform experiences for Switch, for Switch 2, uh, without doing significant extra work, right? Because the whole point is to move away from these old rasterized solutions to ditch the fallbacks and come up with, you know, new ways to handle these things. And I think Nintendo wants to be there because while Nintendo's first party games were important for the Switch, I think everyone could agree that the third party, the third party support was actually very good and played a key role in selling the system. The idea of playing big AAA games uh, on a portable machine in the era before the Steam Deck, even, of course, it's very appealing, right? And thus, when you when you consider this, it starts to make sense why Epic would be at these shows with a demo like this showcasing uh, what is possible with Unreal Engine Five on the new hard on the target hardware, because they want they want to be able to support these features and sell them to developers and basically give them the reassurance that whatever project you're doing next, you're going to be able to make it work on this new machine as well, right? That's what they're trying to that's what they're trying to sell, I think. That's why I do have some confidence that we will at least see some form of reasonable ray tracing acceleration here in this new console. Uh, and, you, you know, obviously the power constraints and everything. There's, there's a lot of other constraints, the, the die size, all this stuff. But NVIDIA's solution to ray tracing, even reduced, should still, it's, it's still very efficient, more efficient than AMD's uh, compute based solutions, I think. So, you could probably squeeze decent ray tracing performance out of a small, small space, uh, which is, I think, what they're going to have to do, right? Yeah, uh, just to quickly add to what John's saying, I I totally agree with, with you, John, by the way. Um, part of me had some, I guess, some pause. Uh, you know, if you asked me like a year ago, right. I would say, I'm not sure about that because, you know, we haven't even seen hdr an hdr implementation on the switch right so all of a sudden we're talking about ray tracing but to your point i mean there is a lot of smoke here you know and 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 the fact that nintendo is partnered with nvidia who is you know the chip maker of choice right now when it comes to ray tracing and all things um you know visuals and and they are like you said they are far ahead of amd in, in that in that space there's it, it just, it's an absolute no brainer for me that they would not, why wouldn't they not tap into that technology? So I, I agree that there is definitely going to be, um, you know, that in the new hardware going forward. Yeah. And you would imagine it is in NVIDIA's interest to bring a mobile chip with, you know, ray tracing and such to market because NVIDIA wants to, you know, pound their chests and, tout that they have the best mobile technology there is and it's going to be feature rich with the latest technologies that high-end pcs or mid-range pcs are enabling not necessarily at that level but just to have those features available and when you have epic really trying to sell unreal engine 5 to middleware developers and other partners 
they want to be able to come out and show an impressive tech demo saying, this is what you can achieve. So if you are a Switch developer, you want to know that the game you're developing with Unreal Engine 5 can be ported over with reasonable results. You don't want to have that concern like we saw going back to the Wii U where you had some developers saying, can we even bring Unreal Engine 3 over to this platform or are we going to have to make significant compromises to this? So being able to have confidence that this engine is going to be supported on this unannounced hardware is something that you as Epic or even NVIDIA want to get in front of and give confidence to partners because you're looking to sell a certain product. And it's in NVIDIA's interest to be that leading mobile technology maker because AMD lags behind them significantly in that market. But But NVIDIA has always tried to lead. They've always tried to push the envelope further and further. So it's in their interest to really equip this chip with the best features they can. And again, it goes back to what Nintendo has done in the past. You don't want to bring hardware that isn't capable of the same features as the current gen systems. You have to at least be on par in terms of feature set. I mean, I've always felt like Nintendo just wants to um, have good visuals on a 4K display, right? You know, because like right now, you know, they are definitely lacking behind, you know, that type of comparison. When you compare games on a 4K display, you know, a lot of third-party Switch games have that that Vaseline effect, whatever you want to call it. You know, that sometimes they just don't look very good. So I think the whole goal here is so they can put their visuals up against the competition and say, look, we are right there with with the Xbox and the PlayStation 5 in terms of visual fidelity and and frame rates, even though there is a lot of magic that's going on underneath the hood to get there, right? We're not talking about, you know, raw power at this point. We're talking about being smarter with the chips that you have and being smarter with the the architecture. So I think that's all, I think that's Nintendo's goal um, has been all along is to really just whatever this next generation is, this next hardware is, it's really just to, you know, put games side by side with the competition and say, yep, our games look just as good on 4K 4K displays. For sure. Uh that's definitely a huge part of it. Um also I think we've already entered the the era of mobile ray tracing now, right? Like, I mean, technically uh-huh. there's ray tracing features on Steam Deck and everything. Other portable devices can handle it to some degree, right? Uh, but then also Apple, not that it's, it's a comparable market, but their latest phone release, which needs to hit a much smaller target in terms of like overall silicon space on the board, right? Because it's a tiny little device that the iPhone 15 Pro supports ray tracing. Uh, We see that with Resident Evil 8 (laughs) running on that thing. Uh, So I feel like we're in we're in territory now where it's kind of expected. And I just I I find it hard to imagine NVIDIA developing a chipset for Nintendo at this point that wouldn't support their key features to some degree. Right. Right. There's just no way that would be a huge miss, I feel, if that if that was the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. that'd be a colossal miss. And I just cannot envision in any timeline where NVIDIA would come to the market in 2024 with their latest mobile technology and not have that feature enabled to whatever extent they feel comfortable in terms of efficiency and such. Because coming to the market without it 
would be embarrassing for them. And that's really not yeah. something you can recover from. Even if you're dominating the PC market with your GPUs, the mobile but, sector has been something you're, you're seeing a surge in over the last few years, largely thanks to the Switch. And there is no reason that NVIDIA couldn't partner with other mobile makers, be it Valve for a new Steam Deck or any of the other numerous companies who have been trying to embrace that portable PC market now because you have what well, you have the ROG Ally, you have Lenovo, mm-hmm. you have a lot of companies trying to enter that space. And it would be in NVIDIA's interest to say, we can provide you with an SOC that is very efficient, that's very powerful. And we also had the rumors of Microsoft potentially gauging interest in making a portable device. And it's not as though they are exclusively stuck with AMD. If NVIDIA could present a very powerful chip that fits their needs, they could potentially be a client once again for Microsoft. This all gets into ARM versus x86 as well, though, right? Because the SOCs that are provided for those console, for the new current consoles, they're x86. Uh, Microsoft's operating systems are largely x86 focused. They did have that ARM version of Windows for a while. Maybe they still do, actually. I feel like they probably do. I feel like they still have it. And they're probably, I just don't, they're probably actively working on it right now. Yeah, I feel like it's not super well supported at the moment, but there's no reason why it couldn't become so because, I mean, ARM. Is, is such an efficient architecture as we're seeing and we're seeing gigantic leaps in terms of that mobile performance profile that makes it very uh compelling so yeah i don't, I don't know i i i think it really just comes down to nintendo's got to offer something that's going to be make it easy enough for developers to bring their games to the system i think that's really what mm-hmm. it comes down to yep. and then beyond that i'm not entirely Based on Rich's test, there is a sense that we'll probably be looking at horsepower not that far removed from last generation consoles, but with much more modern features, which in a way could kind of map to where the Switch originally was, right? Like we could argue that the Switch is not that different from, say, an Xbox 360 in many ways, uh, but its GPU was somewhat more modern in other areas that allowed it to shine. Mm-hmm. And also just right. beyond that, like new technologies and techniques were discovered and developed uh, between the, the time of Xbox 360 and the switch. Like just the nature of like the anti-aliasing, for instance, like the type of TAA we use today really didn't exist when the 360 was uh, on the market. Right. Mm hmm. So it's interesting how that stuff changes. But I, I think if we get like a PS4 class, PS4 speed, maybe more than that, I don't know, but with more modern features such as ray tracing, the DLSS stuff, uh, that's still pretty compelling. You're yeah, even Steam Deck at this point, right? Almost. Mm-hmm. You're talking you're like, oh, yeah, you were, ta- we're talking about, you know, the specs of, say, a, a Steam Deck or not the specs, but the performance of a Steam Deck but having some additional enhancements, including DLSS and, and ray yeah, tracing. exactly. More right. along those lines, exactly. Like the areas where the Steam Deck are weak, is weak mm-hmm. are areas where NVIDIA's hardware, I think, could really shine through, right? Agree. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, 
idea. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Now, I want to pivot into a little more of the console comparisons as, you know, with the current generation, as you kind of touched on there, but still focusing on like that ray tracing aspect, because one of my contacts had given testimony that the ray tracing they they had seen with the Matrix demo matched, if not passed, the Matrix demo that was shown for the PS5 and Xbox series way back in 2021. Now, there could be a lot of caveats assigned to this. Mm. It could be that Unreal Engine 5 has been refined over the last couple of years, so they've been able to make a more impressive demo. They've been able to tune the demo further. And then you also have to factor in that it would be using NVIDIA technology here versus those demos which were based on AMD. So there are certain things here that you have to just take for what they are, and this is just testimony of an individual with their opinion it's not a hard fact. But do you think that claim has merit to it? Or do you think maybe it's a little overzealous of what we could potentially see in terms of ray tracing of the Switch 2 versus the PS5 and Xbox series? So essentially, do you think the Switch 2 could deliver comparable ray tracing to those platforms? Or do you think it's really going to come down strictly to implementation from the developer? Ooh. I'm actually skeptical about that comment about uh, how comparable it is to the PS5 and Xbox versions. There is, of course, the potential for improvements to the engine, but Unreal Engine 5's visual output is fairly hardware agnostic, I would say. So the only the only potential area for visual improvements there would have been the ray reconstruction features, right? If that is indeed in Uh there, Uh, that would certainly help to some degree. But it, there's a, there's other things to consider, like what sort of device or screen was this viewed on, right? Uh, seeing something like the Matrix demo running on a small screen in a crowded space, maybe, or, you know, in a private huddle room, you, you might get a very different impression versus seeing it running on a very large TV, right? True. True. Which is, could color your impressions and make you think, wow, that that looks better. So I feel like until we actually see if we get the chance, which perhaps we will not with that specific demo, but seeing it side by side would reveal a lot because there's many areas where things could be trimmed down. Uh, also, that version of Unreal Engine 5 used for the Matrix demo was still very much in its infancy, and there was a lot of things that it didn't yet support. Mm-hmm. Like I think yeah. Nanite was only supported in like very rigid objects at the time, nothing dynamic. Uh, things have improved since then. I remember, I remember they did that crazy thing with the vehicles where uh, they would switch to like a more traditional, like mesh based model uh, when they would hit, when there was a collision, right? They'd have to like do that animation and sort of swap the model over. And it was very CPU heavy to pull that off. If I'm remembering right. Yeah. There was maybe definitely they, some, maybe they've, there was definitely some tricks that they, that they did to kind of, cover up a couple a few things here and there but uh, john i think you you're, you're right um the, the the most interesting part for me is yeah unreal engine has evolved since then 
because I think yeah. we're on to 5.3 now. And I'm not saying that they were demoing 5.3 features at Gamescom, but they were certainly demoing something that was, you know, two years beyond what we saw from the Matrix demo on the PS5, for example, on the Xbox. Um, but I, I kind of, I don't know if I'm skeptical on this. I, I kind of lean somewhere in the middle. Maybe I'm sitting on the fence a little bit, but I could see a scenario where, you know, uh, technology has advanced, uh, you know, over the last two years where it potentially could look better than the PlayStation 5. Uh, but you're right. I mean, unless there was a a side-by-side comparison in the room, which, you know, we don't have any visibility if that was the case or not, it's very hard to make a determination on that. It's it's possible, like you said, that they were just showing it on a small screen and people were like immediately very impressed with what they were seeing. And I will tell you that if you play uh, any game on an OLED Switch, most of them look yeah. really, really good. You know, um, they look very, very good, actually. So all it really takes is is something like that um, to really kind of wow an, an audience of developers and to, into showing them something that potentially could look better. But I do think that with some some deep analysis, if, the, if there's ever a chance that this will ever come to light, probably won't. But if there is some deep analysis on the Matrix demo, maybe, you know, we, we start to see um the the differences there but i i I think overall um i i'm mostly feeling good about the fact that it probably can look better than the ps5 version yes well well in terms of like ray tracing i would say that that version that shipped on ps5 correct but but an updated ps5 version i think could still potentially look better still right yeah, that'd maybe, be a thing. Maybe be Series com- X or Series S would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know because uh, yeah. there is real potential there to outperform the Series S in terms of ray tracing, especially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's the important thing to note. There is that the comparison would have been to the PS5 and Xbox version way back then, in terms of the ray tracing performance. Right. So, as we said, you know, there could have been significant advancements in that area and you also made the mention of ray reconstruction now this is a feature i have heard will be enabled on the switch 2 for developers to use and ray reconstruction certainly has a number of benefits but it also does have a number of potential drawbacks so it's going to be interesting how this is utilized and again there are a lot of caveats with this it really depends on the denoiser quality Mm -hmm. and such what are the drawbacks that you're thinking of with this power? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> what, what came to your mind? No, I was just thinking about just the, the inherent quality of the results that it produces. And you're like, oh, no, wait, you're right. Power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, quality of the denoisers that it would be addressing certainly would impact the quality that it would then produce because if it's then again i mean the thing to consider though is like ray reconstruction basically solves the denoising problem and and simplifies it dramatically mm-hmm. like in a lot of games developers had to come up with basically different denoisers for different scenarios and different types of you know effects and everything right you may be running like four or five six different denoising algorithms just to get decent coverage across the whole game uh, whereas ray reconstruction replaces that so maybe it is like i i actually have not considered the power implications in terms of what that would look like like if you take something like 
wish we could test because control i think was like that where it used a lot of different denoising algorithms to handle all those different scenarios right if there was a ray reconstruction version of that that would be very interesting yeah because i believe right now the only notable ray reconstruction ray tracing game out there would be cyberpunk correct and alan wake 2 and alan wake 2 alan wake 2 is actually a better example of it uh, because I think cyberpunk, there's still some tweaking to be done there, and it does produce a slightly oil painting looking image, mm. if I could describe it as such. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Alan Wake 2, it basically looks perfect. There's virtually no visible noise, fizzle, or anything going on. It just it looks like natural lighting. It's very, very impressive. So let's say in a hypothetical situation that the Matrix Awakening demo shown on Switch to Target hardware was using ray reconstruction could you feasibly then accept the possibility mm-hmm. that the ray tracing may have been superior to the, the playstation 5 and xbox series version of that demo the thing in the thing is is the the areas in which you might notice that in that demo uh they're not it's not as significant as a game with a lot of darkness and right. super reflective puddles everywhere mm-hmm. and also when you drop it down to a smaller screen those artifacts also become less noticeable, right? So I think yep. the combination of the two would actually make it difficult to really perceive any gigantic gains from it on that sort of mobile mm-hmm. screen. So maybe it would it would make a difference. I mean, it would make a difference, but I'm not sure it would make a gigantic difference in that case. Right. Because it wasn't that artifacty to begin with. Versus, say, Cyberpunk with path tracing, uh, as impressive as it was, the artifacts were extremely obvious. Uh, trying to denoise the entire image, you could really see a lot of fizzle, like especially when moving between like a high contrast and a low contrast scene rapidly. It's almost like the screen. It's like it. It's like snapping a shot in time, and you watch as it slowly disappears from view, and it's it's very strange looking. <laughs> yeah, I like. The ray reconstruction is definitely a bit of curiosity for me when it comes to the Switch 2, because if it is able to use it efficiently, it will give it an edge over the AMD twins, obviously referring to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox series. And it's still going to come down to that implementation. It's going to come down to what is it going to be, you know, reconstructing just from the base. It's going to come down to is the developer using it well there's so many factors that are going to be contributors here that it's hard to say that it would universally give quality results. It's ultimately just going to come down to how it is used. So we may just see games that are inferior. And then maybe uh, just, in terms of not, exclusives, man, it could be better. It's it's a tricky one because, and I'm curious to see where we go, because the the limiting factor right now is we're not seeing that many games push more than say one ray tracing effect simultaneously mm-hmm. uh and so de- denoising uh, artifacts were much more of an issue in high-end pc games where you were doing a lot of stuff like rtgi uh and maybe in an unreal engine game using hardware lumen uh it could be beneficial there as well but will will they use hardware lumen that's the question because <laughs> right now most i think I actually need to double check, but I feel like pretty much all or most of the UE5 games that have shipped now on consoles that we've tested, everybody's just using software Lumen. Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Which, you know, it has its own issues. I'm curious to see how this plays out. 
So as you mentioned with the Xbox Series S, though, we've seen the radical limitations that ray tracing has been implemented on that specific platform. And some of that does come down to just the bottlenecks that hardware has, like the limited RAM pool that Microsoft decided upon for whatever baffling reason. Now, depending on what Nintendo comes in with their RAM, because we really don't have any clear rumors as to what they're targeting with RAM. You have rumors that suggest as little as 8 going up to 16, and that's quite a significant gulf in terms of RAM allocation. And, you know, if they go with 8... Well, here's something to consider. One of the things that Rich tested was uh, was trying to run that Unreal demo, uh, the Matrix demo, on a 2050, right? And mm-hmm. he was running out of memory on it, as it seems to require 5.6 gigabytes of VRAM to operate correctly. At what resolution so, was he trying to run it? Uh, was it 720p or 1080? Actually, that's a good question. What was he running it at? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It would have been probably 1080p i would say but maybe lower Mm. but he definitely was running into memory issues there okay that's okay the 2050 only has four gigabytes of vram got it so if the switch you know even if it's at just eight and i would hope it's more uh hopefully they could work around that to some degree although obviously you need to split the memory between what the GPU CPU needs. It can't just all be like a VRAM equivalent. Right. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, you'd say due to the Gamescom demos, having the matrix awakening that it would suggest that it right. has sufficient amounts of RAM. Interestingly, he, he did get Fortnite running with hardware Lumen and Nanite and virtual shadow maps at around 30 frames per second at 1080p, but with DLSS, which that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. and even even ahead. this test with control, he was getting ray tracing effects that were comparable to the console versions. Indeed. So again, there's that as well. And you know, this is there, there's other things to consider. Obviously, with a closed platform and and their fast APIs and all that kind of stuff that they'll have access to. And also, it'll it'll be kind of a different cpu architecture i guess huh because rich would have been testing this on an x86 based pc right Uh yeah i mean that's where the rich video while it has its value it's still kind of set just a very baseline level of expectation or what could be because as you said you know an nvidia crafted dedicated piece of hardware is going to have benefits that rich didn't have in his favor he could just take a chip that is you know, being expected to be within the range of what the Switch 2 could do. Downclock doesn't have as much RAM, tons of variables that aren't being really directly compared to, but you're still getting very promising results from that test. So even if we use it as a baseline level, it's kind of, it's promising of what the Switch 2 could potentially do, depending again on the implementation of the hardware, the features, and even the clocks, because we don't know what this chip is going to be clocked at. Yeah, and that's probably where Nintendo will come in with the hatchet a little bit. Yeah. Get those clocks way down. <laughs> they love to do that. I think they will. So, I mean, for me as as a developer, the single most thing that I'm curious about, believe it or not, is is the amount of memory that we'll, we'll have oh, available no to doubt. us. No <laughs> doubt. And 
Look, the the original Switch or the current Switch has four gig and there's only like 3.5 available for developers to use. Um, I am curious whether they, because like I've heard stories that maybe they'll they'll use 12. I've heard 16. They could even give us eight and that would still be um, a, a large enough kind of jump. But um, to what you were saying, John, just before about, you know, not being able to run certain demos and stuff, it really could be a situation where, you know, Nintendo leaves it up to the developer to kind of figure it out for themselves, uh, figure out their memory budgets themselves, see what they can actually get away with. Um, I I don't really know where the memory uh, will end up on final retail. I'm hopeful that it will be over uh, 10 and hopefully 12, possibly yeah. 16. But honestly, if they gave us eight, because you know they need to make some cuts uh, to cost for retail, that would not be a surprise to me at all. Actually, I think anything less than eight would be a big surprise. Eight would be a moderate surprise, but I'd be like, yeah, I could, I could see why they gave us eight. But hopefully, mm. we'll, we'll get more. We'll get. I feel like at 12. the minimum, they need to ma- match uh, Xbox Series S in that right. regard. Uh-huh. Having less memory than the Series S would be a disaster. It would yeah. be absolutely a disaster. Yeah, I feel like you're. They would be putting themselves in a very precarious situation where you're not going to get a significant amount of third-party support because doing a downport to the platform just wouldn't be worth the time or investment for these companies. And then you run the risk of if you don't have these games, you're not going to draw in that audience. You're still going to get the hardcore Nintendo fans, but you don't want to jeopardize your relationship with third-party partners by not giving you know efficient hardware to port games over we've already seen the reaction developers have had in regards to the xbox series s and some of the issues that have arose from that ram limitation so it would be in nintendo's interest to ensure that if anything they over deliver on the ram allocation to prevent any potential issues because they're coming three to four years into this current generation, you can't come in with less RAM than the platforms are currently offering. Right. That just seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, it, it has to be at least parity with Series S. Uh, hopefully, you know, Steam Deck uh, will it'll match what's on Steam Deck. That would be that would be even better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man steam steam deck that's such an interesting thing to think about it's not necessarily the giant mainstream success of the switch right but there was nothing like the steam deck in existence really back when the switch launched i mean yes there were small portable pcs but i feel like the steam deck is the first one to really take off and find a significant audience Mm -hmm. yeah and part of the appeal of the switch at the time was bringing you know those those types of games on the go so I'm curious to see if if they're if Nintendo. I wonder how they view the Steam Deck internally. That's what I'm thinking about here. Is it a challenge to them? Do they not care? <laughs> I think it's. I think they do care, and I think they do see what it's doing. Um, they're probably interested in some of the, its feature set. I, I would be very surprised if they just disregarded it and 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 kind of you know went all arrogant Nintendo, you know, we're the best, don't tell us what to do type of thing. I feel like they do <laughs> they do look at it um and and maybe um you know take a look at what works well for the Steam Deck and potentially just, you know, write it down on a bullet list of things that potentially they could look at. 
But beyond that, I don't think they see the Steam Deck as a a competitor or in any way or any type of competition. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's probably yeah. a um, an iteration beyond what they currently have. Uh, and I think I think it would it would really be a miss if they weren't interested in what the Steam Deck was doing. So I I, I like to think that they uh, they've they've definitely looked at it. Yeah, I'd say the Steam Deck isn't viewed as a competitor by Nintendo, but I think it's something they look at to learn from. That they can look at it and say, look what it is bringing to the market. Look at the performance it's getting in that form factor. What can we get from a partner like NVIDIA? And this actually brings up an interesting talking point. Since we've compared it to the PlayStation 5 and the Series X, what will the Switch do in terms of a direct comparison to the Steam Deck? Because as we kind of touched on, the Switch will have benefits that the Steam Deck doesn't, but the Steam Deck is still a very efficient and impressive piece of hardware. But oh, yeah. theoretically, the Switch 2 should trump it in nearly all regards. One would hope. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, it is pa- significantly newer, right? In theory, yes, that should that should absolutely be the case. You're absolutely right. And then that would only be in a case of like the portable performance as well. So if you're already going to pass the Steam Deck in just raw performance, which we would clock at what? Roughly a PlayStation 4 in handheld mode. Just with newer technology and more efficient tech. That would position, you know, the Switch 2 as a sizable leap over what the current Switch is. And it kind of goes back to what John had mentioned earlier in the episode, that we could be theoretically looking at a Switch 2 that's power profile would be, well, it's power profile compared to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, would be similar to what the Switch was to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, that definitely uh, makes a lot of sense to me as well. Now, one of the final topics I do want to touch on is just an idea of general performance that we think the Switch 2 could, could come in at. And we can look to Rich's video, again, as that baseline, because there's been a lot of, I want to say expectation and anticipation of what this hardware could be with some saying with DLSS and ray reconstruction and such all that enabled that you'd be getting games comparable to that of the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. And I think that's a little over ambitious. I would bring that down to something closer to the Xbox Series S because there is going to be a sizable gulf of difference in terms of raw power where we could be seeing on-screen geometry and texture on the Switch 2 inferior to even the Xbox Series S, but you could still be getting comparable frame rate and resolution. Do you to agree with that, or do you think maybe it could outperform the Series S in a number of ways? I mean, if, it, if they have access to DLSS, it does function as we'd hope. I mean, that gives them a significant advantage, right? Uh, because right now, one of the biggest problems that we've been noticing with recent console releases, especially in Series S, is the over-reliance on very aggressive FSR2 usage. Mm -hmm. Uh FSR2 is an effective solution, but and it has its limits, right? And I think we're seeing games push the, the bottom resolution too low, right? To the point where you're just like, what? Uh, Lords of the Fallen is interesting. Tom's been looking at that. I think they raised the minimum, but it was hitting like like 320p, 324p on Series S. And now it's up to like 432 or something. Something like that. But 
that's just not enough pixels to yeah. feed into something <laughs> like that algorithm, right? So the end result is just a gigantic mess of pixels. DLSS couldn't save that either, but DLSS does tend to handle lower pixel counts uh, in a way that I would describe as more attractively, right? Like the the resulting image tends to be at least moderately pleasing, even when using ultra performance mode. I so, uh, I I also want to add that you know, in, uh, Nintendo's been dabbling with FSR as well in some of their games. So FSR one, FSR mostly, one, though. I believe, right? With although, uh, what, is it No Man's Sky? So, yes, I think it's No Man's Sky got actual. Honest to goodness, FSR two support on uh, Switch. I, did, I didn't actually yep, know that. Is, I mean, I know that yeah. which is wild. Uh, Switch Sports has it. Breath of, uh, Tears of the Kingdom has an implementation built yeah, in. But there are some other games the, too, right? That's just. A, I mean, FSR one isn't really. It's not even the same thing, right? It's right. just a spatial upscaler with sharpening, right? But and the point. The point is, Nintendo is very much oh, aware that they. They want their visuals to look better, you know, and they're they're kind of trying all the tricks that they have with the current hardware that they have, right? So I think going back to the the DLSS kind of discussion for a moment, it's going to I think I'm I don't want to hype overhype the next switch, right? Because, you know, that's always a bad thing to do. But I do think that the next switch, switch two, whatever you call it, will will definitely have some groundbreaking features um, presented to developers that were just simply not available uh, previously in, in a mobile space. And I think DLSS is definitely one of the secret weapons that that will be provided. And honestly, I do think that it will be uh, at that same level of performance, not in raw power, not in terms of teraflops or whatever whatever measure that we use any these days. I don't even know what, what the measure that everyone's talking about these days is. But games will look and run, you know, as you would expect, compare, comparatively speaking to Series S hardware, albeit things will be done a lot smarter with the architecture that has been provided. So I, I think that Nintendo has already been dabbling with, you know, trying to make their visuals look better. And DLSS is, is definitely something that, you know, will be uh, as part of the toolkit of of things with the new hardware, and I do think that it will ultimately have visuals and performance that do kind of match what we see with the, with the Series S uh, today. Like I have seen some online speculation and just discussion where some of the more ambitious expected PS5 and Xbox Series games, something like Grand Theft Auto 6, people saying, well, this could easily be ported to the Switch 2 if the rumors are true, because you have DLSS, it can help the resolution and such. But again, DLSS won't assist when it comes to on-screen geometry. It's going to help that resolution. So there's going to be still significant cutbacks when it comes to overall detail texture work and such and that's where the developer would then have to make the call saying is this even the vision of our game anymore so while it will be able to get some meaningful ports of xbox series and playstation 5 games it doesn't dlss doesn't guarantee down ports of every game now you could argue that the series s just in existing benefits 
the Switch 2 in a way, because you can use that version now as that baseline for a downport. Oh, I, I was going to take it one step further and say okay. the Steam Deck also oh. is important in this sense, because the Steam Deck itself has become a platform that developers want to release their games for, right? Yep. Like when a PC version is out, they want to be able to say, hey, it runs on the Steam Deck. Uh, so when you combine that with the Series S, you know, you have your lower target there, which I think does mm-hmm. make things a little bit easier for something like the Switch 2 going forward. Steam Deck is actually a, probably a better example to use there. And I wasn't thinking of that, but you're right. When you use that as that baseline version and potentially the Switch 2 will outclass it, they can just use that version, build on it, and we're going to get that Switch 2 version of that game. Now, there are certain titles that we don't see Steam Deck versions, at least verified versions of. Like, is Alan Wake 2 compatible with the Steam Deck at the moment? Oh, it wasn't at launch, actually. But uh, I'm, I wonder if anybody's gotten it. I mean, part of that, there's, there's multiple things with that. Beyond the game being heavy, it was also an Epic Game Store exclusive. So there's instantly right. going to have to be some stuff. Uh, wait, um, I am seeing... I, I am seeing videos here on YouTube. Yeah, okay, yeah. People do have it running on, on the Steam Deck. It doesn't... Uh, I mean... It doesn't look great, it. but... They're, they're cut down pretty far. <laughs> and the frame rate of the video I'm watching here, it's between like 20 and 30. But, you know, it, it's realistically, it looks like it's at least feasible to make it happen. So that's kind of cool. I would say that it, that's even feasible at all on the Steam Deck. Nate, I want to go back to your GTA thing you said. Um, mm-hmm. the, the difficult part in in trying to get your head around a GTA 6 port to new Switch hardware is the storage piece because we have yeah. no visibility. I mean, we have to be honest, we have no visibility on much of this stuff. We We have speculation, informed speculation. We have you know, demos that had had gone on behind closed doors. But we have really no concept of how much storage we're going to have, what kind of external storage will be available if there is any, uh, you know. So a game like GTA 6 for me, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be north of 100 gigabytes in terms of size. Would that be a fair thing to say, gents? I, I mean, I think it would I think, be. I think I think you're right. I think it's that's actually going to be common for plenty of games at this point. So we really need to know more about um, the the storage options we have, because like, I feel like there are some third party games that could have come to the Switch, but they uh, were basically not held back, but they were just not re- they were not done because there's no real easy solution for for storage other than buy a you know 512 gigabyte sd card uh i mean yeah and also just the cost of the game cards as right. well they want to minimize that mm-hmm. and my guess is that nintendo is going to introduce a new line of game cards for this new machine okay. uh, and the minimum size will be probably higher or at least the higher storage rec- uh, cards will not be as expensive to obtain yep. so i think they're going to want to encourage larger games so right. I would expect that like 64 gig cards, bigger 128 gig cards, maybe could, could actually be a realistic thing possibly. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll see what actually happens there in the end. I, I really don't know, but there's also the internal storage problem. Like they, if they do the game card stuff for physical media, that's great, but you know, they're going to be selling these games digitally. How much storage do they put on the unit? 
that's another area where they can try to keep the cost down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the amount of storage on a current switch is obviously way too low for what would be a next generation machine. But I'd be curious <laughs> to know how high would they actually go? Because the, the series S shipped with five, 12 gigs, I think. Yes. But it yep. was actually te- technically less, of course. Uh, that was not much, <laughs> right? No, it was I mean, not much. We're hitting, not to- we're now hitting the day where I'm not even sure if you can fit Modern Warfare 2 with Modern Warfare 3 on a Series S. I don't think you can. I think it's, you I think you've exceeded able it. To. I mean, <laughs> think of that. You can't fit one game on a, a platform. I mean, that's a heck of a game there to, <laughs> to talk about. Yes, I think there's going to be situations like that for sure. And hey, you know, they did confirm Call of Duty on Switch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. They they've committed to it. They have to deliver. Yeah, but and it has to have parity. But with Call of Duty, they could just bring out modern war. You know the the old school games again as a collection. You know, you know if they if they did that, people would probably be happier with those. I'd be happy with it. I yeah. think a lot of people would be happy with it, especially <laughs> after this recent Call of Duty. I actually am surprised they never did the Modern Warfare trilogy for the current Switch. It feels like such a no brainer in terms of just making a product that would sell. Okay. Yeah, that, that would have had some potential. Weird. Do a best of multiplayer as well. <laughs> I don't know. I think that would I think that would have sold sold very well on the Switch. Yeah, I mean that one of the contributing factors when Doom 2016 came to the Switch, aside from the curiosity of how can Doom run and look in a handheld factor, was that it had that online multiplayer and there was nothing else like it on the market at the time and that online multiplayer really thrived for a long time i played it for months and it was a ton of fun but there were no other competitive first person shooters on the market and there's still very few on the switch market and there's so few i've dabbled into some of the first person indie games just to see how they are online i think one of them was called like combat ops or something it was terrible but it was one of the few first-person shooters with online multiplayer on the system. And the fact that Call of Duty really did skip this entire generation, a platform with 132 million sales, is really weird to look back on. And you have to wonder, what was Activision thinking? Because you had such a large catalog of prior Call of Duties that would have done exceptionally well on the system. And they just bypassed it to focus, I guess, on... That current model with Warzone and DMZ and all those microtransaction-filled modes on the higher-end platforms, but definitely a missed opportunity that historians will look back on in years to come and wonder why. It just doesn't think, make any sense. I think Bobby will be fine. He'll cry himself to sleep in his <laughs> pillow of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So overall, after this discussion about ray tracing, ray reconstruction, general comparison to other platforms, be it PS5, Xbox Series X, Series S, and the Steam Deck, are we, and even when we look at Rich's video, when we say we are excited for what the Switch 2 can bring, are we hopeful about the Switch 2 can bring, or do you think we have a reasonable line of expectation in our minds at the current moment in terms of what we anticipate from the hardware and you know it's going to be very efficient maybe the most efficient hardware that nintendo's put out since the gamecube and it's going to deliver on what it sets out to do it won't necessarily 
wow us in the same way that the Switch did back in 2017. But a contributing factor to that is because hardware like the Steam Deck now exists, but it's going to be hardware that delivers. It's going to give us a quality experience. And if we can get some downports of those high-end ambitious games, let's use Alan Wake 2 as an example, on a hybrid platform, that just feels like a win for everybody. But where would you say you are now in terms of your expectations for the Switch 2 when it comes to those types of features like ray tracing and such? Well, I'm, I'm, I feel fairly um, positive about where it's going to be going. I think they'll deliver a very nice little machine uh, because they're also in a different position than they were before. Now, granted, Nintendo has often fumbled these generational transitions, right? But uh, I suspect they'll be taking a somewhat safe approach this time. The new leadership hasn't yet shown themselves to be interested in flipping the table as was often the case with Iwata. So <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to be looking to double down on what the Switch offers and just make it better. And this might be the first time we effectively have a super equivalent, if you know what I mean. Because uh-huh. the Super NES was just that. Super Famicom, it was just like NES, but better, right? But then after that, they pretty much stopped doing that. And this might be the first main console they've released that is actually that. So we'll see. I think um, I'm look as a developer, I'm kind of tempering expectations a little bit. I know that, you know, there's, there's some technology that's being kind of talked about right now. And the reality is this Nintendo has to come up with retail hardware that, that, that has a, a sustained battery life that has um, a price point that is within reach of switch consumers that want to upgrade so I think those two things are, are front and center what they're really focused on right now, trying to basically transition their customers to new hardware without giving them some type of sticker shock when it comes to price and offering an experience that they've already used to. So if you're getting three, four or five hours out of your switch, then they're going to try to provide that to your, you know, to provide that kind of to, again with the switch too. With that said, I do think that there is um, a platform here where they can unveil some new features, some really good technology. And a lot of it, you mentioned the GameCube, Nate. A lot of it does remind me of what they did with the GameCube, how they basically, you know, they they took what they did with the N64 and basically just threw it all out and, and almost started over in many ways, right? Um, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do here because the Switch 2 is obviously, you know, ARM-based and it's going to continue on with with the hybrid approach. But they are, they are introducing features here that um, really will, I think, drive what we come to expect from mobile or hybrid gaming for, for many, many years to come. So I think... Ultimately, I'm I'm tempering expectations, but I'm also low key quite excited to see what what they're going to what they're going to show us. Yeah, it feels as though it's probably going to be like a Steam Deck perfected in terms of that portable performance range. It's going to really deliver a high end portable experience and then when it's docked as we said if it can come close to an xbox series s if not pass it in certain areas i think that's all nintendo really has to deliver here and again that would be a very impressive chip from nvidia considering the form factor 
And Nintendo just has to make sure they come to the market with what is it now standard features, which would be ray tracing and such. And as long as you can have that at a reasonable level of performance, and as we discussed, there's really no reason not to anticipate that they can deliver reasonable ray tracing on the hardware. They can remain competitive coming into this new generation for themselves and stand side by side with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X in terms of partner software support. So it can be a very promising transition for Nintendo. And as John mentioned, we're kind of in that phase where we expect Nintendo to botch a generational transition. And this may buck the trend finally, but still a lot of questions need to be answered. A lot of variables that don't have solutions at the moment, but based on what we do know, and as we've seen with some tests, there's a lot of promise of what this hardware can bring to the industry and for Nintendo So as a Nintendo fan, exciting times ahead because Nintendo will definitely be able to produce some high quality visuals from their internal studios given this type of power. So a lot to look forward to and just need this thing to be finally revealed so we can see what this little box of wonders can do. But speaking of wonder, maybe we'll actually see some uh, native 4K, 4K games like something like Super Mario Wonder. Right. You know, the simpler yep. games mm-hmm. finally get there. That would be awesome. That game in 4K on an OLED would be. Oh, yeah. Wow. With HDR, which they better support. Well, yeah. Yeah. Wow. They better support wow. HDR. They have they better. to. Come on. They have to. Especially like, come on. They have they have a built in screen. Yeah. Like they, they have control over this, too. <laughs> like they could do they could just do it and I agree. show it to everyone. Oh, come on. They yeah, probably I mean, won't, but let's hope. <laughs> oh no, we, I, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns. We have to get an HDR implementation on on new hardware. I mean, I remember at the advent of these two systems, some people were saying HDR is more important than ray tracing. And when you see HDR utilized well, it really yeah. can be a game changing experience. It it's huge. So, Nintendo. Fortunately, lots of games shipping with bad HDR still. Yeah, which is that a is huge a- bummer. Especially Unreal Engine 5, like every Unreal Engine 5 game, except for maybe like one or two, seems to lack HDR support at all and doesn't even work with like auto HDR or any of that stuff. (laughs) Oh, man. We need HDR, Nintendo. This might be the most important feature aside from backwards compatibility for your hardware. HDR. Don't ignore it. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Better not. Well, that will do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank John for joining us this week. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Always happy to come on. It's always a pleasure talking with you. I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, as well. Thanks for having me on, Nate. And yeah, it's always great to have Mr. Lineman on. I always love uh, chatting with him. So thanks thanks for having us, John. Thank you. And let us know your thoughts in the comment section below about the ray tracing implementation on the Switch 2 and what you anticipate the Switch 2 to do in terms of performance versus the Xbox Series line of systems, the PlayStation 5, and the Steam Deck. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.